0: And now a message from Discover about rewards. If you're a loyal credit card customer, you should be rewarded for your loyalty, preferably with something that's useful, like cashback match, for instance. Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Finally, rewards that make sense. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com match. Limitations apply. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is the Talking Niners Podcast, where we discuss all our thoughts and theories on everything San Francisco 49ers. I'm your host, Kobe Ransom, and joining me today, our friends from the Blow the Whistle Podcast, also part of that brand new, still has that fresh car smell, 49ers goldmine team, Hugh Tomasello and Luke Keck. Guys, how are you guys doing?
1: Man, I'm doing great. Thank you, Kobe. I'm, uh, I'm happy to be here.
2: Yeah, man. Doing great here as well. Really appreciate you having us on. Uh, I think this is our first uh, our first pod that we're joining as a duo, as guests. So this is exciting. Thank you for having us.
0: Yeah, no problem. All right, so um, originally, because there wasn't a whole lot going on um, with the 49ers outside of a bunch of uh, conspiracies that fans were putting on Twitter that we were talking about pretty much, the 49ers finally got some real news last night around about 10 p.m. Eastern Time, I believe. The news broke that Robert Sala had agreed to a five year deal with the New York Jets. He originally had the second interview a couple days ago, then ended up flying out to Philadelphia. We thought maybe he wasn't going to get the Jets job. Maybe he'd be getting the Eagles job potentially, but he wanted a long term deal. The Eagles said, now nah, we can do four years for you. He's like, now nah, I want more closer to six. The Jets gave him five, so he's going to the Jets. And he's also taking Mike. Um, uh, Mike, I can't think of his name before, uh, LeFleur, Mike LeFleur, brother of Matt LeFleur, head coach of the Green Bay Packers with him as his offensive coordinator. Um, Hugh, got to start with you. What, are you. what are your thoughts on this hire? How do you, how you feel for Sala?
1: Um, I'm all for it. I mean, it's, uh, I'm sad, obviously, as a 49ers fan. Um, I'll be the first to admit, too, I was one of the louder voices that was critical of Sala at, uh, multiple points throughout his career, um, But he really showed me this last season, especially this second half, that even with a depleted unit, he's a fantastic coach. You've heard from every source out there that he's an even better person, a great leader of men. And, you know, that's something that you can't teach. You know, you can teach schemes and, you know, how to develop guys as a coach, but you can't teach the character of being a leader. So I'm really excited for Robert Sala. Really, really cool that he's the first ever Muslim head coach in NFL history. That's awesome to see. And I think LaFleur joining, the writing was on the wall for that. They're best friends. LaFleur was the best man in Salah's wedding. Um, he got to learn under Shanahan. I mean, if you're the passing game coordinator for Kyle Shanahan, you're absolutely going to get some looks. So I'm really excited for Sala. It hurts to lose him, but it's really, really cool to see him get this opportunity. And hopefully he's able to turn that franchise around.
2: Yeah. I think one of the big things is that the jets need, uh, they need actual leadership. I mean, Adam Gase coached that team. He did not lead that team. It was very clear that, you know, they just were sputtering around, looking like they're going nowhere. Unfortunately, nobody on that team, like, it's not that they just didn't have the talent that other playoff teams or NFL teams have. It's just that for a while now the Jets have looked directionless. And the way that Sala gets his players to buy in, the way that everybody – is so in his corner you know even when fans were criticizing him nonstop after the first couple years as the 49ers defensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan had his back like nobody else and he you can see that he inspires people you can see that his his players love playing for him and I think that the Jets really need that I think he's the perfect choice for them um you never know because frankly it is still the jets (laughs) you never know what's exactly gonna happen with that franchise they you know there are some rumors going around that they might just make some wild decisions with this number two pick that they have but the reality is they have a great coach and a great leader coming in they have a lot of draft capital they still do have sam darnold who while there are question marks around him obviously and his stock is pretty low he still has talent um I think the Jets are in a good place. I'm very happy for Salah. And yeah, as far as taking LaFleur, that was kind of a given that that was going to happen. I think, I mean, again, Shanahan's staff has been getting poached over the last couple years, even when they do have losing records. And that just shows you that the rest of the NFL sees how brilliant these guys are offensively, uh, or or especially with the offensive-minded coaches. So I think that the Jets have a good future coming up. I think they made the right call.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and same with you, uh, Hugh. I was not very high on Sala. Um, Obviously, it was a guy I felt like they kind of settled for because they couldn't get Vic Fangio and they couldn't get uh, Gus Bradley at first. That's the two guys who mm-hmm. were after in 2017 at first. Then they settled on getting Robert Salah because they really wanted him to run that cover three scheme. Um, So they brought him in. And the first two years um, in DVOA, which is a rating that um Football Outsiders uses as like a play-by-play, play-by-play analysis of a defense very good to kind of see how good the defense is on a play-by-play basis the 49ers were bottom five the first two years of solid and then they jumped all the way up to number two last year obviously with that fantastic fearsome four of buckner ford bosa and armstead last year and a lot of people were talking like you know i mean who couldn't do well with that defense that's a historic defensive line all that first round talent that defense in line bosa was had a historic rookie season and buckner was fantastic armstead had a career year and obviously we know ford Although he missed games and he was on the field, he did what he normally does. He gets to the quarterback, forces turnovers. It was hard to really to really see like who what defensive coordinator couldn't do well with that defense. And then this year, having only one lineman really play most of the year, Armstead, Buckner was traded, Bosa and Ford missed, only played one game, um, and they were gone for the rest of the year. You really see what Solis really about. He adjusted very, very well. Um, towards the end of the season, he really started mixing up with the blitzes. He was... Fantastic to end the season against the Seahawks and Cardinals, both divisional teams vying for playoff spots. Both of them um, seasons got a little bit ruined by the Niners because the Seahawks kind of got exposed a little bit. We we're like, eh, you know they struggled with a Niners team that you know is, is injured and doesn't really seem that good overall. But they gave them a real tough time, and then and then they caused the Cardinals to miss the playoffs. So the only the only bad games they had were against. You know, the Packers, they're undermanned. They have so many players out because of COVID that week. And then the Buffalo Bills are the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen playing MVP caliber football. Can't really expect them to really do well against that kind of an offense. Mm-hmm. But other than that, the defense was very, very solid. And if the offense turned the ball over less, there's a good chance this team's in the playoffs because of that defense. So for them to finish sixth in defensive um, in DVOA um, in 2020, with the defense being a shell of itself from last season, showed that solid is a very very good coach he does adjust very well which people were saying he doesn't do very well he does adjust very well um to the to the people he has out there so many guys in and out and they were still efficient almost every week yeah i think the jets are they a very good they're definitely getting a very good leader um all everyone loves him everyone loves solo um mm-hmm. not even people on the team people who have been with him at any point in their career say they love the guy um so yeah losing him i mean yeah, this year was the year that really won me over on him. Uh, I was like, damn, he really is a very mm-hmm. good coach. Shanahan was very loyal to him when everyone was calling for his head, especially after 2018. It's like, yeah, the defense was bad. You're going to do anything to fix a defensive coordinator. And, and Shanahan's like, no, nah, you know, Salah's my guy. He's very good. We just got to get him, you know, his, his guys, and then we'll be all right, which ended up happening. Um, once you got his guys guys, who's very good. So, yeah, I think I think Salah um, should be – very good for the jets hopefully they can turn around over there but then again like luke said they could still be the jets um and just be terrible forever but i think if anyone can turn around the jets i think salah has a good chance of doing it
1: and i think uh i think lafleur going with him is gonna it's gonna help a lot um obviously salah is gonna be very hands-on in the defensive side of the ball because you know that's his specialty but lafleur was a big part of jimmy garoppolo having a good year in 2019 that short passing game that the Niners run is going to help Darnold immensely if they choose to implement that, which I can't see why they wouldn't. Um, you know, in New York, they're very deficient on talent, and yet Darnold was expected expected to make these you know incredible high profile plays, which was asking a lot of him based on who he was throwing to. But if Lafleur is able to come in, slow it down. Even though the offense might become more complex, he can simplify it for Darnold and say, okay, you're getting the ball out right away. This is your read or this is your read, and they're going to be four or five yards off the line of scrimmage, or it's going to be this jet sweep or this screen. He's going to help him uh, really get his confidence back, get his feet under him, and really unleash Darnold's potential because he does have talent. We've seen the flashes of it. It's just been suppressed playing under Gase and the New York Jets. Um, so LaFleur, I think is also going to make a big impact, uh, over in New York with Sala.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of talk that the, um, the Jets are going to keep, um, Darnold instead of, instead of using that number two pick on maybe Wilson or Justin Fields. And that could maybe help the Niners maybe potentially make a move for that number two pick. We don't know, um, if they have to keep, to keep Sam Darnold and trade that pick, um, back, or maybe select like offensive lineman causing the quarterback to fall further than we think, um. It's January, so a lot of things could change between now and then, but that's something the Niners could, Niner fans could, could want to monitor and see if the Niner's want to make a move uh, for that number two pick. And then obviously now, now that Salah's over there, you have kind of a good relationship with each other, so maybe they can get something done that helps both sides. That part could be important, too, and mm-hmm. maybe getting that pick. So, yeah, something to look out for with them, potentially looking to move that number two pick, which was rumored a while ago. And now with Salah there, there's talks that they're comfortable sticking with Darnold. They think there's a lot more that he can do. They think they can fix him, which we know that's a thing that coaches always believe. When there's a player who's not performing well, they believe that they have what it takes to fix the player. And Darnold's a guy with a lot of potential. Just has been stuck with lackluster coaching. So, you know, that scenario now, that also plays into the Niners, what they do at quarterback this season. it will be something to monitor for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You're going to say something, Luke, I thought you were about to,
2: uh, no, honestly, you were gonna. You pretty much covered it, so I didn't. I didn't want to uh, be redundant.
0: All right, yeah, I got you. All right, cool. So let's move on to some of the Niners did end up keeping. Um, in Adam Peters, Peters interviewed for both the Broncos job and the Panthers job, and they he didn't get hired for either of those um, destinations. So the 49ers seemingly will be keeping um, Adam Peters around which will be very good for the Niners identifying some, some some pieces late in the draft or an undrafted free agency that can help um, kind of build the depth you know back up for people that might potentially lose this offseason and get some, some steals late in the round, like they've have been able to do in the past with guys like Fred Warner, George Kittle, Drake Greenlaw, um, guys like that. So keeping Adam Peters along for an, at least another season seems to
2: be very huge for the Niners, especially this offseason where a lot of changes come in this way. I was honestly pretty shocked. Not pretty shocked. I was very shocked that they kept Adam Peters. I mean, all sources seem to be pointing that he was heading to Carolina. And frankly, I I really don't know what they're thinking not hiring him. I mean, really, the the 49ers' best draft success has been at Peters' hand. You know, Nick Bosa was a no-brainer pick. Like... You know, not not to say that the the front office and John Lynch don't deserve any credit for it because there was still the and Williams, Nick Bosa question when he got picked, but the the big talent that has come in the third round or later, of which there has been a lot, is all Adam Peters, and I was uh, I was extremely relieved with him staying this year. Or you know, again, we don't know for sure, but yeah seems to be pointing that way I'm I'm extremely relieved that he is likely going to be staying because this is probably the Niners biggest draft in terms of whether this team will be able to continue contending in the near and extended future because what moves they make in terms of drafting a quarterback or Trading their picks, obviously trading their picks isn't just up to Peters, but drafting a quarterback and then figuring out what they're going to do with their secondary or pass rush in those second and third rounds is going to be extremely huge for this team. And I kind of can't believe that the Panthers let him slip through their fingers. I don't know what they were thinking because it seems like people have been talking about trying to get Adam Peters away from this team for a few years now, and it's very surprising that they didn't. So... 49ers fans should be should be thanking their lucky stars right now that we have him for another year especially with such an important draft coming up
1: yeah continuity in the front office i think with this 49ers team is going to be a lot more important than keeping coaches on staff as long as kyle shanahan's the head coach um there's going to be people lining up for miles to uh jump on his staff and luckily like for the defensive coordinator position Uh, They just elevated D'Amico Ryan. So that spot's already filled. But the front office is where I would much rather keep continuity. You have guys that are on the same page about how they want to build this team. You know, like Luke was saying, they've gotten a lot of late round talent. And beyond that, they've got a lot of guys that weren't drafted that produced like Emmanuel Mosley, Jeff Wilson. Uh, like they've got a ton of guys that, you know, didn't even get looks in the draft and yet they've succeeded. So having guys in the front office that have that continuity to find the right talent for this team and Shanahan's system, that's huge. And I think the biggest thing with Adam Peters, and this is going to be my own personal want for the Niners, I guess you could say is him not going away is a bigger deal than him staying And what I mean by that is him leaving, say, Carolina. If he were to go there, he's probably bringing Zach Wilson with him or an elite quarterback like that to trade up with. So now that he's staying, I believe there's a a much better chance that the Niners could draft up or trade up, excuse me, and draft a quarterback, which I'm personally hoping they do at this point. So Adam Peters staying not only hopefully takes away – a part of that push from other teams to do so and keeps that internally with the 49ers
0: yeah and that's a big thing um obviously because anyone one the Niners lose they have kind of inside information of what they want to do with quarterback kind of they have mm-hmm. an idea they've done the scouting they know what Kyle Shanahan wants they could just draft him just to keep him away from the 49ers and not let them get better at a very important position that could be a thing that happens um so yeah be able to keep Peters to potentially keep the Panthers from maybe Really making that aggressive push to get Zach Wilson on their team gives the Niners another option at quarterback this offseason to potentially bring to their squad for next year. Um, and before we get into the, to our, our last topic, we're kind of breezing through these, but I guess let's talk about the the quarterback thing real quick. Um, obviously me, I for, for me, I know how Shanahan and them have usually gone about making moves. They're all about making moves that are important for now. And also makes sense for the future long term. That's why they decided to trade DeForest Buckner last year rather than pay him all that money. They thought overall it'd be better if they traded him to get some value for him. They couldn't get that much value for Eric Armstead, so they traded Buckner instead and replaced him by drafting Javon Kinlaw. I always kind of fear internally they might do something else like that where they keep Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe try to restructure his deal, because they've restructured two people before in the past in Western Ritzburg and, DeFord, and they And those both have kind of backfired on them a little bit also restructured um Jerick mckinnon and he didn't play that well this year but at least they restructured it and you know he got one more year but he'll be on his way out most likely i fear they might restructure jimmy garoppolo and this is actually one of the uh scenarios that i had for our little topic we we're gonna our little segment we we're gonna do in case no no news broke for the Niners with them restructuring garoppolo potentially to open up uh, money to pay trent williams and to maybe get jason verrett back and guys like that um and then maybe selecting defensive defensive line again in the first round, uh, maybe taking a guy like Gregory Rosu or getting pay and then trading back into the first round to get a guy, a guy like Mac Jones, who isn't going to wow you, um, but he makes he does a lot of things. Shanahan in the past has said he likes from his quarterbacks. He stands in the pocket. He uh, stays within the play design most for the most part. He doesn't do anything crazy like scream out of the pocket for like ten seconds and toss the ball down the field. He doesn't do a lot of that. He kind of stays within the play. He's he scans the field well. He has very good pocket presence. All things that Shanahan has said he likes in the past and we look for from his quarterbacks. So I mean I internally just kinda of as like as like precaution as a Niners fan, knowing we normally never get what we want in the draft, have been um fearing that he might do something like that. But at the same time I really hope the Niners are aggressive and really make a move for a guy who can really make a difference. I know you might give up some future picks um, like a first, maybe a two first rounders, or something like that um, to maybe move up in the draft. But if you can get quarterback – and this is something I didn't say last episode with Zane because we were kind of just going and I kind of just kind of lost, got lost in everything. But mm-hmm. the 49ers should definitely go balls to the wall and try to really, really, really upgrade that quarterback position because if they can get that right, the Shanahan offense – like if your offense is, is like consistently top five – your defense doesn't have to be as good as it, ha- as it has been the past two years to be a contender. We see that with the Chiefs. their defense isn't, I mean, it's good. It's not fantastic, but their offense is so good, it doesn't really matter. So if Shanahan can get a quarterback that he really trusts, that he can really open up his playbook for, that he can, he can do a bunch of things that he has not be able to do on the pass, really open up the deep passing game as well and stretch defenses, I think overall, the losing the the couple future picks the next two years i mean you have a quarterback on a rookie deal so you can sign more for agents as a result of that you have more money for that i think overall it works out just fine um they should just prioritize going to really get their guy at being aggressive this offseason so that's what i wanted to say to people so you know from me on record this is what i want them to do be aggressive um don't worry about losing a couple picks for the next two years in day one day two the payoff, if you get the right quarterback, is so tremendous that it won't even really it won't even really matter. You'll, you'll forget about those picks anyway. So, Nana should definitely be aggressive and go get the guy they believe is the guy.
1: Yeah. I mean. And there's a good chance that... I'm sorry, there, there's a good chance that those picks that you're talking about, Kobe, are going to be, you know... Let's say they give up some first-rounders. In the future, those picks will probably be like pick 30, 31, 32 if they get the right quarterback. They're going to be late anyway because piggybacking off what you were saying, the quarterback is the hardest position to play in any major sport, and it's the most important. And it's apparently really hard to find because there's billions of people in the world, and there's maybe 20 good quarterbacks. So (laughs) if you're able to find the guy that can play the most important position in sports, you go get him. Because like you said, yeah— The Niners have Super Bowl talent on the roster right now. You know, they have a lot of free agents. We don't know how that's going to play out and with the injuries and health and whatnot. But outside the quarterback position, they have Super Bowl talent. You can get away with a lot more with having a great quarterback and less talent than a lot of talent and, you know, a limited quarterback as we saw in the Super Bowl. So going all balls to the wall and getting that quarterback in the draft and trading away future draft capital draft picks are kind of overrated anyway. Like the Niners haven't drafted all that great early on. Uh, I mean, Nick Bosa was a home run like Luke said, but you know, outside of that, they've really been effective in the later rounds. So go all out for fields or, you know, Lance or Wilson or whoever, if that's your guy, that's going to turn this franchise around, or if they want to trade back for a Mac Jones, Mac Jones is everything Jimmy Garoppolo can do, but a little bit better. He's a little more mobile. He's got a little more arm strength. He can throw down, feel a little better. You know, he can go through his progressions as well. Mac Jones will be a much cheaper Jimmy G. In the same way that the Niners traded Buckner for a cheaper Buckner and Javon Kinlaw, they could trade away Garoppolo for a cheaper Garoppolo and Mac Jones. And like you said, Kobe, your situation then would allow them to trade back and get some more talent as well around uh, Mac Jones in this hypothetical. So I, I'm with you. I'm pounding the table, trade up for that quarterback. Those picks are overrated. Get the most important position in sports. This team, if they hit on a Zach Wilson and he's everything is advertised, even as a rookie, this team wins 11, 12 games every year.
2: I just don't really understand. Again, I, I tweeted this, uh, during the wild card playoff games and the old heads came for me but i was just it's just like how are 49ers fans satisfied watching jimmy g right now or nick mullins or cj while imagining what could be and obviously you never know every quarterback is a gamble but also like every draft pick is a gamble there are really very few sure things quote unquote sure things in the nfl and you know it it The ultimate issue that a team can have is being okay with mediocrity. And I know it's a cliche, but ultimately, like, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse is said over and over for a reason. And this team, we've seen what Jimmy can do. We've seen his peak. He's not getting better than that. And when it comes down to it, like – Like you said, we have seen that you can have less than ideal talent around a fantastic quarterback and win a Super Bowl. But the Niners had amazing talent all around a mediocre quarterback and lost the Super Bowl for that exact reason. And at a certain point, like, I don't know, people, I I think they freak out and they go like, well, look at Josh Allen. He wasn't good for three or four years. Okay, well like this team with Jimmy Garoppolo under center is likely not winning a Super Bowl in the next 2 or 3 years anyways, and he's costing you a lot of money. Whereas if you have a quarterback on a rookie deal, you have the ability to go out and spend and get money or or spend by playing or by extending the players that you already have on your roster like Fred Warner and eventually Nick Bosa. I I just don't see an avenue to multiple Super Bowl wins with the quarterback room is currently constructed right now. I I don't think it's feasible. And ultimately, you know what? Like This team believes in Kyle Shanahan as a coach. This team believes in their players like Fred Warner and George Kittle. It's time to put your cards on the table and just say, we are going to get the very best quarterback that we can. And if that's Deshaun Watson, it's Deshaun Watson. I don't think that that's happening more than likely, but... If you can trade up and get uh, a Zach Wilson or a Justin Fields, and like you said, there is advertised, that changes the direction of your franchise for the next 15 years. That's worth two or three draft picks. It just is.
0: Yeah, and for people who don't believe that Shanahan can develop a quarterback, almost every quarterback that he's played with has had their best year under him. Matt Ryan mm-hmm. MVP year. We saw what he did with with Hoyer in 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 uh, Cleveland and Johnny Manziel. We saw Robert Griffin win Rookie of the Year and Kirk Cousins. We see what he's doing. That was a guys that Mike and Kyle Shanahan both kind of handpicked in the same draft of with Robert Griffin. He's had success in the past, and not to mention he's got the quarterback collective where he's working with younger quarterbacks, and some of those quarterbacks are in, in college killing it right now. So to say that he can't develop one is is kind of It's kind of nonsense. He mm-hmm. hasn't really had a chance to to pick his own guy. And then develop him. Even with the Jimmy Garoppolo situation, that was more of a guy that John Lynch thought that he can go get. They could go get. They took a chance on him. And that's why they gave him the contract they did with it, with it out after three years because they weren't committed to, you know, maybe this doesn't work. I know this isn't the guy that, that Kyle said he really wanted. So we'll just give it a little three-year run. If it's not working, we'll be able to cut bait with him, which is the situation that they're in now where they it's three years. It's not working. They can have a chance to cut bait with him because they only get 2.8, something like that, in day cap if, if he's not on the team next year. So just the just the sense that Kyle can't develop a quarterback is kinda of nonsense to me. I think he already has proven that he can. And also not to mention he runs he runs a system that is very quarterback friendly. He kinda of just lays it out. He's like, listen, if this isn't there, you go here. If that isn't there, you go here. Everything you need to know is in the play itself. So as long as quarterbacks understand that, that they'll be fine. They'll be just fine. A lot of the concepts are the same, kinda of the same around the league now. It's nothing that's really all that unique anymore it's a lot of copycat even some of the some of this um some of the schemes are being run um in college right now in college football you can see a lot of the same schemes you see in the nfl that's why college quarterbacks now are translating a lot better to the nfl game because it's almost becoming the same in a way so you have know, the notion that kyle shanahan if if they take a chance at the rookie quarterback that you know the quarterback will what if he's the bus I, I think there's a lower chance I think there's a higher chance that he's a star in, this, in the system under Shanahan than he is a bust because I think Shanahan knows how to get the most out of his quarterbacks because he's he's proven he can get the most out of every quarterback he's played with. So, yeah, I, it's not that much of a risk as people make it sound. I think it's a higher chance it works than it doesn't. So, yeah, you guys can give your thoughts on that. But I, I think the notion that he can't develop a quarterback is nonsense. Yeah, I think – Well,
1: and to the – to, to the point that, you know, what if he's a bust? You know, you trade up for a quarterback, like, what if they're a bust? Kyle Shanahan's already shown that he can win with a deficiency at quarterback. So even if, you know, yeah, I, obviously it's not ideal if they trade up for, we'll say, Zach Wilson to, like, the number two, three, four pick and have to give up a lot of capital, and then he doesn't pan out. We still won games with Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard, and we could have won a lot more if they just literally didn't gift wrap turnovers to the other team like the Kyle Shanahan can win with a deficiency at quarterback now I'm not saying that's what we want by any means because that's what we're dealing with right now nobody in the quarterback room on the 49ers can carry the team so that's why we're putting all our eggs in one basket and going up and drafting the right guy but worst case scenario if he were a bust We can still win without him, and then you go from there. Like, I'm not saying we're going to win a Super Bowl if he's a bust, but Kyle Shanahan, it's not going to be the end of the world by any means because we've already been winning with a deficiency at quarterback. And the thing about Jimmy G, too, is that, you know, these guys have potential through the roof. Justin Fields, Zach Wilson have potential through the roof. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have potential. In 2017, he had sky-high potential. He had MVP potential, in my mind, in the eyes of a lot of 49ers fans. But Jimmy has never played better since than in any year at the Niners. Yeah, when he finished the year in 2019, they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, he had good stats, and he played well in the system. But the way he played for those five games, that was the ceiling. I mean, this dude was throwing back across his body. He was leaving the pocket regularly. He was decently mobile. Like, he was playing well, and then I don't know if it was the ACL tear, but he's a statue now, he's got happy feet, he's not able to go through his progressions anymore without freaking out, and maybe it was 2017 just the fact that there was no pressure on him, and you know, the team could barely win, and he was like, okay, like, let me just go sling it around, and he does. But the ceiling for Jimmy Garoppolo that we saw in 2017, that was the ceiling, and you know, if you get a Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, the ceiling is so much higher than what we've seen with Garoppolo. We know who he is. He's not going to get better and he can barely stay on the field as it is. And whether that's his fault or not, the Niners are running a business at the end of the day and the most important position needs to be addressed.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's about to be 30 next season. And again, he's had one season where he stayed on the field the whole time. And sure, they went to the Super Bowl, but again, they didn't go to the Super Bowl because of him. They didn't. That is a fact. And I don't mean to be a a jackass about it or whatever, but it is a fact. Everybody knows that they went to the Super Bowl because of that defense and because of their run game. And you could have replaced Jimmy Garoppolo with probably 15 to 20 other quarterbacks in the league and they win just as many games if not more they certainly didn't win playoff games because of jimmy garoppolo because he often wasn't even throwing the ball so the i i think a large part of what it is and i don't mean to appear disrespectful but it is just the the weird like clutching onto the story of they want the story where you know like the the emotions where that team seemed so tight when they made the Super Bowl and George and Jimmy are best buds and you know there's there's the great mic'd up videos and it was so much fun and they don't want to let go of that. People don't want to let go of that and admit that because it is the ultimate you know grim reality that football is a business and sometimes even if there's a quarterback that some of your players like and that did do I'm not saying Jimmy did terribly for the 49ers, He did well for the four niners. He was a nfc championship winning quarterback with the 49ers but at the end of the day the game is a business and sometimes you have to make the hard choices and pull the trigger and it's not worth it to stay with a guy that fans like just because they like him because again like you said earlier kobe if they trade up for wilson or justin fields or a different quarterback and they win a super bowl who is going to be going like, oh, my God, yeah, Justin Fields took us to the Super Bowl in his second year, but I miss Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, that, that, that's not how fandom works. It's a very – memory is very short in sports. You know, I, it just – it is what it is. Like, and it, it happens with every team. Like, yes, there will still be people who are like, oh, man, I love that. You know, I love that NFC championship team. In 2019, but or I guess 2020, excuse me, but like it, it's you're not gonna be pissed off. People punching the air, thinking about Jimmy being on this team if this team wins a chip. It's just the reality.
0: And essentially, people are asking for the Niners to basically run it back again for a third time, and they ran it back this year. and We saw what happened. Your your, your season can get derailed by injuries so quickly that if you choose to run it back. I mean, you're, and you, you kind of like negate your future and it's kind of it. It's like, you know what? Well, this team, you know, took us to the championship game. So, you know, it was just running back. Obviously they're a good team. We're just going to run it back and try it again. That's not exactly how football works. Sometimes you got to make your tough decisions and I know the Patriots are kind mm-hmm. of a once in a lifetime dynasty, but they never ever took it, took that approach. They never ever just took the run it back approach. They always made moves that would help with their longevity. So, Teams don't normally have build, and the, and the goal is to build a dynasty. That's what John and Kyle want to do. They want to build a dynasty. You know, they don't want to just have a year or two of success where they have a two year window to open Super Bowl. They want like a five, six, seven year window to, to get as many titles as possible. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just sticking with guys like, well, I mean, we, we won with them. Well, yeah, well, we won with Colin Kaepernick as well in the past. We won with Alex Smith in the Hawkeye era. Those guys are both gone. And people move on, like you said, Luke, people move on quickly. Like, it's it's, it's a very fickle situation. The Super Bowl team is still fresh on people's minds still because, obviously, this year, there weren't really any memories that are worth remembering from this season because all the memories that we know are like, okay, Jimmy goes down week two, Nick Bosa goes down week two, this season's a wash, you know, let's just forget this ever happened. So people are still almost essentially stuck on the 2019 team. And that's no longer like it's just football year to year. There's so many teams that get better or worse. Like Kyle, like Kyle said, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. And the 49ers sticking with all the players they had in 2019 is them getting worse because they're not – other teams are getting better. They're they're adapting. They're getting new players. They're getting better players. And the 49ers, if they stick with the same people, the team's not going to be the same team in 2019. That That year – was like everything going right? It was the opposite of what this year was. It was everything going right, that you know, Bosa turned out to be just an absolute stud from from the first, the very first snap. The running game was fantastic. They 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 stayed mostly healthy, um, for the majority of the year. They just had everything clicking on all cylinders, and it was like a magical Cinderella kind of season where, it's like they go from four and twelve to a Super Bowl and had a chance to win it. But like you said, in the Super Bowl. Quarterback play, even though it's a, it's a team effort, there's other things that happen in that game that, you know, kind of led to where they're at. But overall, you have better quarterback play and you win that game. So, yeah, the notion that Myers is stick to, with Graffle because he did win in the past, like you said, all those wins aren't on him. It's not like all 20 whatever of those wins that he got were simply because he was the quarterback. No, obviously he's better he's better than Nick Mullins and better than CJ Beathard, but he's not the sole reason. You can't watch that team last year and say, Without that good defense and without that elite running game, that the Niners are still going thirteen and three and going to a Super Bowl, he passed the ball like what twenty times overall before that Super Bowl because he only threw eight passes in the in the in the uh, NFC Championship game, and then Kyle pulled the plug on him in the NFC Divisional game when he basically threw Eric Kendricks three picks and he only got one of them, so. Mm-hmm. Not not to, to go on a rant here and not to, like, try to, like, super, like knock Jimmy. I know people are, on Twitter already know I'm not the biggest Jimmy fan. I'm not the biggest Jimmy supporter. I was going into the year. I was very much a fan going into the year. But overall, obviously doing the podcast and having to provide a more unbiased and, and more truthful opinion on the team to get people to, to understand what's in the best interest of the team. You know, you realize that Jimmy's not the guy. They can do better. They can upgrade. Now, if they stick with him for a year, you know – that's possible. It's a possibility in case maybe things don't go their way. Maybe the, the asking price for what they want to do to move up or trade for a guy like Matt Stafford or if Deshaun Watson becomes uh, <clears throat> excuse me, becomes available, maybe they go after Deshaun Watson, maybe ask the asking price is too high, so they, they you know, they go back with Jimmy another year, but that that would be the max, you know. That'd be the longest he could possibly remain with the team. The the relationship is kind of Ruined in a sense because after a Super Bowl, immediately in the offseason, they're like, "Hey, let's go give Tom Brady a call. Now let's go see what he's up to." Yeah. So, and if you're the, if you're the franchise quarterback, what does that mean to you if 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 you're if your team, you know, after your first full season as a starter, taking them to a Super Bowl, they're already looking at another guy. So from that standpoint, and leading into this year, I mean, Garoppolo basically his ankle sprain, he's supposed to come back in like four to six weeks. Four to six weeks passed, and he was still out. So. And we saw people who play a much more tougher position as far as like having to move, you know, athletically and having to deal with people tackling them. Like most of it came back like three times this season from a high ankle sprain. Where he's, he's asked to move and cut a lot more than Jimmy Garoppolo is. So, yeah, Garoppolo made a business decision because he knows this offseason he's likely going to get shopped and he wants to be, you know, fully healthy. So, overall, just, the you know, it needs it needs to be done. It needs to move on, not even from just a talent standpoint, just from, from just the relationship with the team, Um, Garoppolo, Shanahan, Lynch, it's not like, obviously, they're not going to go to the media and say, yeah, we all hate each other, so we're just going to go ahead and just move on. They're not going to do that. They got to keep his value high. And in case they got to bring him back, they got to keep the relationship somewhat respectful. So just from that standpoint, it's not all, you know, smiles and rainbows over there in San Francisco with, with the quarterback room and the coaches. There's a lot more... Turmoil there, a lot more disagreement than you may be led to believe from the press conferences. That's why coach talk. Mm-hmm. I don't, sometimes I don't even really listen to the, the conferences because like they're just gonna say all the right things. It doesn't really matter. So, yeah, I, I mean, it, it needs to be done. It needs to be, and they need to move on. And I just need to really go get an upgrade because simply the grapple thing hasn't worked. It's not going to work. Um, it needs to be needs to be ended. Yeah, well, I, and I, I would I, I would
1: I would like to think too that like. I mean, think back to 2011 after Alex Smith has uh, like his best career year under Harbaugh. The Niners are immediately looking at Peyton Manning and then Alex Smith still comes back. Peyton Manning doesn't come over and Alex Smith before he's concussed and cap takes over. He has his best year of his career up to that point. If Jimmy is really, you know, that taken aback by the fact that the Niners had a once in a lifetime opportunity To potentially court arguably the greatest quarterback of all time, absolutely the greatest quarterback of our generation in Tom Brady. He can't take that personally. I mean, it's Tom freaking Brady, just like 10 years ago, it was Peyton freaking Manning. Like, at a certain point, as a quarterback, you have to acknowledge where you are and where those quarterbacks are that they're courting. And, you know, the the severity of how much, you know, John Lynch actually looked at Tom Brady. It's still widely disputed whether it was, hey, come down here and literally sign a contract or, hey, like, just want to gauge, like, you know, what are you thinking? Like, we have no idea the real severity of how much John Lynch really looked at Tom Brady. But the fact that – and, again, not sure how much it really did impact Jimmy mentally in this year and, you know, whether or not that really took its toll on him in the locker room. But if he really – had that much of a problem with the Niners having interest in the greatest quarterback ever in the off season, you know, that's kind of soft in my opinion. Um, you got to be better than that. You got to be more professional than that. And whether or not that played a role in how this season went and what we've heard uh, coming out of the locker room with Jimmy and whatnot, you know, that's one thing, but I don't know that, that just rubs me the wrong way that you can't understand that, the The greatest quarterback ever hit the free agent market. Like when does the goat in any sport ever do that? You know, So if that's really what like soured him or put a sour taste in his mouth after what we saw from the playoff run where he didn't win them those first two games and then he lost them that last game in the Super Bowl, yeah, you know what? Anyone would look at Tom Brady. I mean, unless you have like Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees. Any other team is going to look at Tom Brady. I don't care who you have on your team. So if you're going to be the face of the franchise, you got to be better than that.
2: My worry as well is that just like how a tiny crack in in a windshield damages the integrity of the entire thing and it can make it shatter when pressure is applied, that same thing can happen with this 49ers team where if Jimmy is continually the guy on this team, and he has another year like this one where it is questionable whether his injury was severe enough to keep him on the sidelines the entire rest of the season, in my mind. Like, that, that to me, like, similar to how you said, Kobe, we said it a couple weeks ago on Blow the Whistle, like... Again, I never rush anybody to come back from injury. I never, you know, want to say, "Oh, he's being softball blah, blah blah blah" because we don't know what's actually going on inside the locker room. But the reality is is that there were guys who were fighting through broken bones and high ankle sprains and everything to get back on the field, and we didn't necessarily hear a lot about that with Jimmy, you know, and and if this tension continues because there is clear tension, I think. You know, we are, we're not fabricating this. It is a reality that they looked at other options in the quarterback room. It's a reality that Kyle's looking at other options now. And if this scenario you have with your franchise quarterback continues to become more unhealthy, I mean, if he has another bad year next year, things are not going to look good in that locker room. With your $28 million man who can barely stay on the field, you know, potentially isolating himself. We saw receivers, if you look at the tape, you can see receivers being upset that the ball is not thrown their way. How many times do you look back on tape and see Brandon Ayuk throwing his hands up because he's wide open in the middle of the field? You know? Eventually, you got to move on. You got to move on. And we're not saying we hate Jimmy, F Jimmy you know, Jimmy's a terrible person. Jimmy's a terrible quarterback. No, we've said it over and over again. Jimmy is an average quarterback in this league. You can win football games with him, but you probably won't win a lot of games because of him. You know, I I mean, and, and if you can't put it together in the, the playoffs or the Super Bowl, it's an issue. And sometimes you got to make the the right choice even when it's the difficult choice and that is i think what john lynch and Kyle shanahan have to do right now upgrade the quarterback position on this team
0: man we sure do get passionate about about the, the quarterback position so it's always <laughs> it's always us. an intense yeah i mean all of us everyone every time quarterback <laughs> comes up is always a very passionate speech but all right so before we get out of here one more thing um more news we have we have to cover obviously because it's it's important to the Niners. D'Amico Ryan's was is expected to be um, promoted to a defensive coordinator. Um, Shanahan has a lot of respect for him. There's a lot of people around the league who have a lot of respect for him. Think he's a he's a very smart guy, very intelligent guy. I uh, think he has he'll eventually be a head coach in this league one one day. So it'll be interesting to see exactly what they do with his defense. Obviously, he knows the scheme. He was here for the entirety of it to see how. Um, it all transpired, how it evolves, and, and how how they ran it, and all the secrets to how it was so good. Um, but obviously, I'm I'm assuming it's going to have its own spin on it. Will they still you know run the wide nine, where they have defensive ends all the way out outside of the tackles? We don't know uh, how much man or zone will they play. We have no idea. So it'll be interesting to see. But I'm excited to see what Miko Ryan's um, can do. Shanahan trusts him, and Shanahan trusted Salah, so I I trust him. So
1: yeah, I'm excited for him. Mostly because, again, like you were saying, he's gotten ringing endorsements from everyone. I mean, say what you will about Chip Kelly and his tenure here, but Chip Kelly came out and was like, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's head coach. I wouldn't be surprised if he was president. Like this guy, I love, love, love former players becoming coaches because they literally know what it's like to pour your blood, sweat, and tears out on the gridiron every Sunday. So I'm all for it. Uh, also D'Amico Ryan's was my guy in Madden, like back when he played that dude was amazing, uh, as a middle linebacker, uh, on the sticks. So quick sidebar with that. But I also think it's a big Testament to the culture that Shanahan has built. Um, you know, immediately promoting from within, like it was already, the writing was on the wall with it. Like the second Sala took that job in New York, the reports came out that, oh yeah, D'Amico Ryan's going to be the Niners new defensive coordinator. Shanahan didn't even want to like, oh, let's weigh our options, let's see. No, he has his guy, he wants to promote within, and whether it's a football team or any job in the world, promoting within shows what kind of culture you've built as a boss. Um, so I'm all for it. I love the hire, I'm. he obviously knows Sala's system, he really honed his skills under that. Fred Warner was an all-pro this year. I mean, some credit has to go to D'Amico Ryans for that, so... I'm excited for him to be the defensive coordinator. But again, the biggest thing that I took away from this was that immediately Shanahan made his guy, the guy, and he hired from within and there was no weird waiting period. The second Sala was hired and it was reported immediately D'Amico Ryans got that position, which he absolutely earned. I uh, want to
2: shout out our guys, Matt and Javi from the fourth and gold podcast, by the way, because they called this. They called this a while back. You know, I think all of us knew that Saul was going to leave, um, or, or at the very least that he was going to be the most coveted potential head coach on the market. You never know exactly what's going to happen, but they called D'Amico Ryans being the new defensive coordinator for this team. They called him being the correct choice for defensive coordinator on this team, and I fully believe that he is. He seems to have the same buy-in from players I said it earlier, one of the things that made Robert Sala so special was the buy-in that he had from players. And I think D'Amico Ryans has the same type of buy-in. And, you know, it, it is the best possible combination between having the skill and the understanding of defensive schemes and the way to plan a defense and also having the character, the leadership traits everything like that. I think that he was far and away the best choice for this team. And it similar to what Hugh said, it, it speaks to the culture here and it also speaks to, you know, shout out Robert Sala for having guys on his staff that he groomed into leadership-ready roles where they can take on something like defensive coordinator within, I don't know, what was it, 15 minutes of the, hire, of the hiring announcement? Like, they knew exactly what they wanted to happen and that makes me very confident because they likely had these discussions i'm sure that kyle john and jed have talked about okay Saul is probably gone and so who do we want and they were confident enough in D'Amico ryan's that they didn't even need to take an interview with anybody else so i i am hopeful for the future you know you you never know exactly what it's going to look like it is going to be you know a a different coordinator but I think the 49ers, in terms of continuity and and skill level from their coaching staff, uh, best possible option for them, aside from Saul's return.
0: Only the first of, of many big moves that we made this offseason. Um, it's, it's almost like a new era coming this way, because obviously with 44 agents and a possible new quarterback, it's we're, we're entering a new era. It's, we're entering a, the most important offseason and John Wilson, Kyle Shanahan's tenure here in San Francisco. Um, and obviously I'll be here to cover it all. I'm sure you, uh, Hugh, and Luke will be covering it all on the Will the Whistle podcast. Uh, oh, thank we'll you guys be for coming here, on. All right. Yeah. <laughs> we well, Our
2: takes are going to be flowing, dog. We got a lot over this offseason. We're ready.
0: Oh, yeah. There's a lot to talk about. Thank you guys for coming on. Uh really appreciate it. Um, yeah, you guys want to shout anything out before you guys hang on out?
2: Yeah, I just say thank you for having us again. This this is so exciting. We really appreciate uh, appreciate the love and appreciate you having us on. And uh, go ahead and and you know I'm sure Hugh will shout out his handle as well. But you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow our podcast at Blow the Whistle You can follow me uh, individually. At BayLuke underscore and don't forget to check out 49ers Goldmine. We just launched it this week. We are really, really excited. That is at 49ers Goldmine on Twitter. Uh, we're gonna put out a bunch of great content on there. Hugh had the first article for the site published uh, yesterday, and just really, really exciting stuff. So go check it out at BayLuke underscore at BlowTheWhistleP and at 49ers Goldmine.
1: Yeah. Luke said it all. Um, I'll throw my handle in there. It's at Hugh Tomasello if you want to give a follow, but absolutely. uh, Follow us on Blow the Whistle. Make sure you go subscribe on iTunes. You'll know it's us because you'll see uh, mine and Luke's little animated faces there on the logo. (laughs) Uh, And then 49GM, like Luke said, Uh, 49ers Goldmine. We're putting out some great stuff. And then, yeah, shout out you, Kobe. You're the man. This was a lot of fun. Uh, I love your grind. I love what you're doing. And, you know, I can't wait to see where this takes you.
0: Appreciate it. And as for me, you can follow me on Twitter, which I expect that you already do if you watch, if you listen to this episode. But if you don't, uh, at Bay Kobe, and then you can follow the podcast um, social as well at Talk Niners Pod on Twitter. Um, with that, that'll do it for us. Um, for me, Kobe Hugh Luke from the Blood the Whistle Podcast. This has been the Talking Niners Podcast. I will see you all next time. Have a good one. Go Niners.
1: Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: WinBet Sportsbook again? Yeah, man. Want to get in on these bets with me? Okay, fine. Just
1: signed up. Yes. See? WinBet. Told you. Sign up at winbet.com today using promo code BLUEWIRE to get up to $1,000 toward a risk free sports bet. That's W-Y-N-N-BET and promo code BLUEWIRE. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700.